Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Keys 107 on Blog Talk Radio. Rafika, I'm your host tonight. Sit back and get ready. We got a hot show for you. The healthy tip of the day is up next. The Keys 107 Network presents the healthy tip of the day. Today's healthy tip of the day is to drink more water. Water provides the intestines a gentle cleanse and also increases blood and limb circulation. So when you wake up in the morning, have two or three cups of room temperature water. When you make water your first beverage of the day, you'll not only be stimulating your colon to have proper elimination, but you'll also have more energy throughout your day. Today's healthy tip has been brought to you by Medea Allen, Organic Soul Chef, and you can visit me at OrganicSoulChef.com. You're listening to The Keys on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to another edition of The Keys 107 on The Keys 107 Network on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Rafika, and I am very happy, I'm very grateful that you took a moment out of your day to spend with us. Together, we're going to open the door to endless possibilities as we pursue love, peace, and happiness. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to pick up where we left off last week, where we talked about the seven processes of going from ordinary to extraordinary and tapping your, your talents with Atiyah. Now, last week, Atiyah gave us uh, seven processes. Think a positive thought. Believe in the thought. Write the thought down. Talk about your ideas. Take action on your words. Act. A-C-T, accept the challenge to thrive and move, M-O-V-E, materialize opportunity to validate your existence. Well, Atiyah is here and she's got a lot to say about those seven processes. We're going to dig deeper into them. We're going to open the phone lines, 213-943-3618. That's 213-943-3618. The phone lines will be open for you to call in discuss these seven processes and ask questions on how you can tap into your inner talents, how you can go from ordinary to extraordinary. Well, my co-host is in the house today, Brother James, and as I always say, when Brother James is in the house, expect something great to happen. Thank you to all the people who are on Facebook. Hit that join button and said that they're going to attend today's show. Thank you for all the people who hit us up on Twitter and all those people who inboxed me. Um, also those people who emailed us. You can email us at suggestions at thekeys107network.com if you have an idea or a thought on something that you'd like to hear or a topic you want to uh, bring up. We're open. Well, we have to go to a quick commercial break. This will give you a moment to go get your pen and your paper and get ready to take notes. Because Atia, author, speaker, and trainer is in the house and she's ready to turn that emotional key 
in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. We'll be right back. This is MYBY, and you are tuned into the Keys 107 Network on Blog Talk Radio, opening doors to endless possibilities. Consultants and Services, LLC, for the best consultants and services around. Make sure you find us on the web, RCS, LLC. Welcome back to The Key with your Well, welcome. Well, you know, after that uh, commercial break, everybody's checked in right now. We got um, Atiyah on the line. Our good friend Hafiz has checked in. He's listening in. Our brother James is getting his Skype together. As soon as he logs on, his uh, wonderful voice will come and greet you. So without further delay, I'm rolling my sleeves up. I'm ready. I got my pen in my hand. Atiyah, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? Oh, nice, loud, and clear. (laughs) Wonderful. Good. So how's it going over there? It's going well. Uh, figuring out the Skype thing I can use is something. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that the um, Skype button doesn't become active until the show is actually engaged. So that's a little tricky. And then finding that little uh, dialogue box, you know, or if you have too many windows open, it's going to be a hectic thing. Right. And it's just you can never find it. You have to dig through Stack of hay to find it. Yeah, but you know it's always technology, and you have to be very patient with technology. <laughs> Otherwise, Absolutely. you know, 
that energy is going to transfer into the technology and it's just not going to be good. Absolutely, absolutely. And the way my body works anyway is I malfunction technology anyway, so <laughs> I guess it's the energy that I have. <laughs> well, you know, um, before we go into those uh as before we go into digging deeper into those seven processes of going from ordinary to extraordinary, I was um, looking at your logo today, and um, you know, if you sit and you look at it, you absorb a lot of expression through that. Absolutely. And um, I just want to give you an opportunity to um, explain to us what that logo means, and give out the website so in case some of our listeners want to jump online and check it out while we talk. Okay, well, absolutely. My website is www.themarriagetree.net. And it's interesting because I hired a young lady to do the graphic uh, work on my idea. And uh, Teresa McKenzie actually did the logo for me. She was able to take my vision of what I was wanting to project and put it in an image. And some of the things that I relate to her is that I wanted the logo to be able to relate the ideal dance of two people, which is marriage or a harmonic relationship. And I wanted the image to show a profound synergy between two individual components and how with the power of synergy, those two things can come together and create something new and beautiful. And I wanted to show interdependence, a total commitment and connection, a harmony, fidelity, and loyalty, and really profound love. And we went through several takes of the logo, and one of the things I wanted, I sent her pictures of of um, two people. Some of them were dancing together. Some of them were balancing each other in the photograph. And I wanted her to be able to take those two images and be able to put it together. Okay, can you hear me? I can. Just to let you know, um, I did send you a message via Skype that your mic is breaking it. up a little bit. Um, okay. don't know if let you have me, to change your headset. Let me see just a second. I just noticed I didn't have it actually on. Can you hear me now better? Um, your your quality, the, the, um, the level is very clear, but sometimes it's choppy. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me turn this up. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Um I think we should go ahead and continue because it's not to the point where we can't we can't hear what you're saying. Okay, okay, good. So what what I did was I sent Teresa several photographs of two people uh together doing different things. Mm. And I sent her some words that were very descriptive in terms of what my message is about, what what principles I want to stand on, and wanting her to be able to take all of that and put it in an image that could project that. And so 
we came up with several different takes of it, and finally, this is what we came up with. And um, she did a very effective job at communicating that, and the colors, of course, are very significant. Well, I was certainly was going to ask you about the colors. The colors are very significant because the colors, I wanted something to represent growth. I wanted something to represent spirituality and passion and friendship. And so she was, I actually gave her a color palette of what I wanted to use. And so this is what she came up with. What we finally came up with going back and forth with me sketching out some designs for her, with her sketching some designs out, and we just put this together. And she did a profound job at capturing the tone and the mood and the, the profound depth of what I was wanting to project. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm intrigued by it. I think you're right. I think it does emulate everything that the marriage tree and um your your journey is taking and I do like the idea of the roots. So yeah. um we're gonna put that aside for a moment and come back to it. I know we will throughout our conversation, but um let's just go right into um you hit some very profound points with those seven processes of just taking action and looking into yourself and and figuring out where you are. And I think that's important, to know where you are so that you can understand how to go to another level, how to become Absolutely. extraordinary. Absolutely. Um, I know last week we talked about the processes. I'd be more than happy to very quickly go through those processes again. Um talked about the seven processes to inspire and help a person to tap into their talent and to be able to move from being ordinary to extraordinary. And there are actually seven processes which consist of five steps and two courses of action. And so the first step is a positive thought. A person has to have the ability to conceptualize or have in their mind an idea or a thought of what they want to manifest in real time. And the second step is to be able to believe that what you conceptualize and thought in your mind's eye can actually happen. Hmm. Because if you, if you do not have the belief that what you see can actually be manifested in real time, then you get stuck. You just have a bunch of ideas, which a lot of people do, but they never manifest their ideas. They never actually fulfill their dreams or, or do what they really think about doing. They leave it out, their thought out in the atmosphere, and thought do care, does carry weight, thoughts carry weight. So they leave it out in the atmosphere, and someone else who's vibrating or operating on a higher uh, level picks up on that thought, picks up on that idea, and they'll run with it. And and sometimes all the things that we think are not necessarily for us ourselves to do, but in essence to be able to be so in tune with how things flow that we're able to share and our spirit says share and because we're all interrelated, we're all connected. And so the first step again is the positive thoughts, the second step is to believe that what you think can actually become real. The third step is to write it down. 
writing it down allows you to put it on paper so that you can see it, and it becomes your roadmap to actually making it happen. So in other words, you don't keep it in mind. You have to put it on paper so you can see it, and it frees up your mind now to begin to think about how to process this idea to bring it into existence. So the more you write your ideas down on paper and the more you begin to take the concept that you come up with and put it in writing, it, it allows you to see it from a different perspective. Okay. The, okay. The fourth step is to speak. You have to talk about it because that reinforces it. You know, um, when you put your word out, it doesn't return void. And so speaking, it gives it power. It gives it a, another dynamic to make it happen. And the fifth step is you have to actually do something about it. You can't just leave it on paper. You can't just talk about it. There's a saying that you have to make your word bond. So once mm. you talk about it, you have to now do what you said you were going to do. Mm. And there are two courses of action that a person uh, must take to go from ordinary to extraordinary. The first one is you have to act. You have to do something. And ACT, A-C-T, is an acronym for accept the challenge to thrive. Now, last night I didn't really get into that, and I want to touch on it a little more deeply um, this time. A lot of people may not know what it means to thrive, but to thrive is to actually live. It's actually to yourself. And when something is thriving, it's alive. It's it's in motion. It's prospering. It's being successful. So thriving is to, to grow and to develop and flourish. So to accept the challenge to thrive is to accept the challenge for you to be successful. And there's no reason why you should not be successful if you follow the five steps. And then the second course of action is to move, meaning you have to, again, do something, materialize opportunities to validate your existence. And basically what I mean by that is to materialize your opportunities to validate your existence. You just can't let things go by. If there is something that is directly related to what it is you have conceptualized and you're working to manifest it in your life, it will behoove you when things cross your path that you you take those opportunities and learning the difference between an opportunity and a distraction. Because the minute you get to moving in the direction of your life purpose. And the minute you get to moving from being ordinary to living extraordinarily, you'll have a lot of things to come your way because when it's motion, if you think of a tornado and how a tornado begins to spin, it starts out slowly, then it'll begin to spin, things around it begin to move because of the motion of, of that phenomenon spinning. Does that make sense? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, okay. So it's important to be able to take the opportunity 
opportunities that come your way and also to be able to differentiate between an opportunity and a distraction. Mm. And once you get into really being focused and staying true to who you are, you'll be able to identify that. Because once you get to moving, it's natural for people to move toward motion. It's a natural thing. They have no choice. It's the law of gravitation. It's the law of attraction. But it's up to you to know exactly what it is you want, where you want to go, how you're going to get there, and to be able to identify opportunities that's going to help you get to where you're working to go. Mm. And so... That, that's in essence what I talked about last night, and I just felt it necessary to go a little deeper into accepting the challenge of thrive because some people have great ideas, but they don't want to do the work. They but don't any, do work. They don't want to do the work. And anytime you want to really do something of consequence, there, of consequence, there is a struggle attached to it. And your desire to want to achieve the goal has to be greater than the struggle that it's going to take to get there. So you can't give up. If it's truly something that you want to make happen, it's like delivering a baby. If you're in labor, you can't stop in the middle of the labor and say, I don't want to have the baby. No. The one blessed you with this awesome seed that's ready to come forth, and now you have to go through the labor process to bring that forth. Otherwise, it becomes stillborn. Um, and, and no motion. And no, no life motion. And no mm-hmm. movement. Mm. Right. You know, earlier today I was having a conversation and um, we were talking about this concept of the distractors and, and um, keeping yourself focused on your goals and how the distractors come up. And you just talked about um, the, the ability to know the difference between the opportunity and what else did you say? And the distraction. And the distraction. Because not every not every distraction is an opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely, it may be an opportunity for someone else, but it may not be an opportunity for you. Mm. And it may very well be an opportunity, but it's out of season. Mm. And you want to so, talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah. If if you being if if you stand true to who you are and stay in the course. That's why if you know exactly what it is you're after, what you're seeking to to do and manifest, then when these different opportunities come up, they may be something you may need to, that may be great down the road, but you're Mm. not necessarily in the season to really take that on because there's some other things that you have to either prepare for, some other foundational things that have to happen before you take on that. And oftentimes is what people do is put the cart before the horse, not realizing, yes, this may be for you, but it may not be for you right now. And patience, that's why you cannot move in haste. And it's really like playing chess sometimes because some distractions are intentional distractions and others are just happens as a result of motion. And your ability to be able to uh, be patient and not be hasty and think things through is critical. Mm. 
because all things, and then it, it forces you honestly to check your intentions. Now you're hitting on a sore nerve with some op with some people, I'm sure, when you say check your intentions. Absolutely. If your intention is to just for example, if your if your intention is to make money, you're gonna get a whole lot of opportunities to make money. And let me give you an example. Let me just try to make it as plain and simple as I possibly can. As I've continued through the journey of through my own journey at different phases of my journey, different times, different seasons, when I get to moving and have some momentum in my motion, you'll be surprised how many opportunities or so-called opportunities come up. I get a lot of people who are wanting me to get involved in multi-level marketing opportunities. You mm-hmm. get people. You get people who will come forward in terms of um, jobs that you would have maybe four or five years down uh, before maybe have taken on, but now all of a sudden these positions that's going to pay you some really good money comes on the table, but you're 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 moving in a certain direction, and your ability and you have the intention of something bigger and greater and more profound, you have to have that intact. Because if your intention is to make money, you're going to grab that whatever opportunity comes your way, and you're going to lose sight of what you were doing, and you're going to lose power, and you're going to lose momentum, because it was never meant for you to do that in the first place. Mm. Again, listening to your inner self. Absolutely. You have to listen to that inner messenger. You cannot kill the messenger from within yourself. You cannot quiet that messenger. Because if you quiet that messenger, in essence, quieting your creative power. And you have to be able to see beyond the immediate. You you can't be so quick to, to do things for the sake of money. You have to have an aim and a purpose for what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you have to be able to answer that question for yourself so when different things do come up, you can say, no, I'm not supposed to be doing that. And See, when, we, when we were talking uh, last week, we, 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 we breached the com- – well, we came upon the conversation of the person who somewhat seemingly has everything but they can right. no longer hear that voice inside of them speaking to them and telling them what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, I want to know, what are some strategies that a person can use so that they can begin to hear that voice again? Because we were saying that people are so busy today that maybe they can't hear the voice. Yeah, they have to stop being so busy. There's a difference from being productive and being busy. You know, if, if you uh, – some some employers – some jobs, some people who have other people working for them, they give people busy work. And that's pretty much busy work keeps the person out of your way so the real work can take place. And that happens more often than not. Mm. And so if a person is just busy, you have to evaluate and do a self-examination in terms of what is your busy work producing for you. What? How is your busy work fulfilling you? And honestly, I don't think that the internal voice is necessarily totally quieted. I think people just ignore it. Okay. They don't. They don't necessarily pay attention to it or give it the kind of power and truth that it really has. So, because I think every day a person wakes up, they can't get away from themselves. 
whether they admit the truth of what they hear or what they see, they can't get away from themselves. Uh. That that their conscience, that voice is always present. That self-accusing conscience or spirit or whatever you want to call it, it's always there. And you, you just have to listen to it. Them. You right. just have to listen to it. If you listen to it, you'll find that you you won't get into a lot of things that you end up getting into, and and the process becomes magical. There's a term I used to always say, particularly when, and I say it in my book as well, there's magic in the process. And there truly is magic in the process. And what happens is people, they, they'll, they'll see where they are, and they'll see where they want to go, but they don't realize that there's a whole lot of things happening in between that's really profound. And I'll give you an example. Um, where are you located now, Rafika? In, Long, in New York, Long Island. Okay. If you're in the person, if you're traveling from Long Island, New York, and you want to drive to Los Angeles, California, you know where you're starting from, you know what your destination is, and you may have a map in terms of getting from point A to point B. However, on that journey, there's going to be a lot of things to see to experience and to uh, imbibe on that trip that is going to be magical, powerful, life-changing, if you allow it to be. But if your head's strong set on just, this is where I am, this is where I'm going, the only thing that matters is me getting there, you miss everything else in between. And it's the things in between that give you the profound, the most profound lesson and really becomes that life-changing force that helps you to become extraordinary. Uh. You know, I was traveling one day. Um, I, I may have been traveling from Chicago to St. Louis or vice versa or from Salt Lake City. I was traveling from somewhere to another place. We were in the car for several, several hours, and it sounded like the tire popped. And so we, we, we pulled over, we looked, the tire wasn't popped, but on the side of the road was a little, well, ant mound. And ants were not just carrying the little sand and little pebbles. They were carrying actually little stones, little pebbles. Excuse me, they weren't just carrying sand and stuff. They were carrying pebbles, like rocks that you would not even know that an ant could lift. Mm. And the, the lesson in that was so profound in how the ants were, and they were small ants, and how they were working together to build a structure, and they didn't let anything interfere with their focus of building their house. That's really how a person who wants to go from ordinary to extraordinary has to be. They have to be so focused and so on point in terms of what they're doing that they can't get lost in anything that comes to distract them, but also to be able to get the magic in the process of what you're actually doing allows you that once you get to that destination to appreciate the journey you just went through to get there. Mm. And you never forget where you came from because there were so many things that you got along the way. 
I want to go to the second point that you made about believing the thoughts. When you have a person who has been disillusioned, maybe they've done a lot of work in a lot of different areas, read a lot of books, tried a lot of theories, a lot of processes, and nothing works for them. It just doesn't happen. Um, how do you how do you get how do you coach them into understanding to believe in the thought? First of all, they need to shut the book. Before they, no, seriously, before before there was ever a book written, it was written across the heart. Shut the book, quiet all the other voices, and listen to your internal uh, person. That's how you get a person to believe. It's first they have to hear. If they're not mm. hearing... They can't believe it. Mm-hmm. So first, they have to believe it. If your thought is a secondhand thought, you know, they say there's nothing new under the sun, but at the same time, there's such thing as secondhand thoughts. People plant ideas in your mind that may not necessarily be your own ideal nor something that you even considered about doing nor even wanted to do. If if you if you haven't learned to go internally, um, there was a saying that if you don't go within, you go without. <laughs> so, and that's not my phrase. That's somebody else's phrase. Okay. And regardless of whose phrase it is, the phrase is a good phrase. Yes, it is. You know. And so, the truth is, a person who just can't get it together, they need to listen. They need to listen within themselves. They really, really need to listen. You know, there's, there's, there's. I, I put together seven, um, seven points. How to put the brakes of ordinary operation, how to put the brakes on ordinary operation and move into living extraordinarily, and that mm-hmm. somewhat touches on what you're saying. And if I may go through this, because Absolutely. you may just you made a very valid point. People don't necessarily we try a whole lot of different things, but we don't try the spirit. And that's what you got to try. You don't try things, you try the spirit. And it'll never guide you wrong. Mm. Yes, I hear you. Yeah, and and this is not a religious or spirit, well, it's always spiritual, but it's not a religious conversation. It's just a Mm -hmm. fact. It's just a fact. And so how to put the brakes on... um, ordinary operation to be able to move into living extraordinarily, the first thing you got to do is you got to stop perpetrating a fraud. Oh. We have to be true to who we are and stop lying to ourselves and other people. Because if you're not true to who you are, you can never be happy. And you want other people to love you, but you don't even love yourself enough to accept you for who you are and to project. You want people to accept you, but you're not even putting on the table the real you for people to accept. Uh. And so the first thing we got to do is stop perpetrating a fraud and be true to who we are. If you don't like if you don't like apples, don't say you like apples. If you know that you don't buy into a certain uh, school of thought, don't lie and say you do when you don't. 
Mm-hmm. And don't try to pretend to appease someone else because you want to fit in or be a part of that social group or status or club. Be true to who you are. Because once you're true to who you are, you are going to attract people who are of like minds and of like spirits. The second thing is to stop feeling like you have to get permission to succeed. Oh. And and, and a lot of us us are so guilty of that. Um, We feel like we have to get approval to do what's already in our consciousness to do naturally. Or that we have to ask permission to let our light shine. Mm. Because someone else may feel uncomfortable with how bright your light is. You don't have to get permission to be who God made you. If, if, If it's put in my spirit to write a particular book, I don't care who has to say a thing about the book. That book is for me to write if it was put in my consciousness and my spirit and the words are just flowing out. And and no matter how many other people may say, Well, I think you should write it this way, mm-hmm. you gotta listen you, you you gotta you, you gotta go within and seek permission first from a higher source within you. The third one is to stop worrying about what other people think about you. Mm. Because the truth is, no matter who you are, no matter what station in life you're at, no matter what you're doing in your life, no matter if you're up or down, somebody always going to have something to say. And mm. you're always worried about what other people think about you. You're going to spend your life worrying. That's right. And not doing what you have the power to do because you worried about somebody else and what they're going to think about it. The fourth uh, break is stop feeling guilty for wanting to let your light shine. Sometimes we feel guilty. Um, there was an article in one of the forums on LinkedIn, and this is interesting. There, there was a discussion that was raised in terms of sometimes black people in particular will maybe grow up in the inner city or the projects, or maybe a less desirable area, they work hard, they go through their life, and they attain to a certain degree of success, and they decide to ne- to move out of certain areas or maybe to attach to um, different groups of people, and then they're criticized as if what they're doing is wrong. And maybe particularly if these are people who really are committed to the black community and really want to give back, they may feel guilty for making certain choices and decisions in their life. You got to stop feeling guilty for wanting to let your light shine. And, you know, having others put your light out because you're shining and they feel like perhaps you you owe it to, to be doing something different than what you're doing. And and then the fifth thing is stop giving all your power away. And this is a big one. Um, We have to teach people how to value us. It's nice to have some things free, but everything ain't free. And people who respect you, who value what you bring to the table, are willing to invest in you. Mm. Mm. 
And if you have a person who that's all they're doing is taking, you got to step back and examine that. Because when you begin to build substantive relationships, they are usually reciprocal. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, yes. Then the sixth thing is stop giving quality time to casual relationships and situations. Don't let people waste your time. Yes, ma'am. I hear you. <laughs> you know, and and one of the things I explain to people sometimes when I'm coaching them, I said, if you put, okay, there's like over 85,000 seconds in a day. Mm-hmm. If you equate that to money where you got over $85,000 a day, how would you spend it? Are you going to waste it? Now, you get it every day. You can't carry it over to the next day. How are you going to spend it? And in truth, you don't know how long it's going to continue to come in. Because uh. you don't know how much time necessarily you have. That's right. And so... Will you allow people to waste your money or will you invest it wisely? And that's how we have to look at our lives and the time that we give to things. If we're giving away our time to things that's not important, that's not relevant, that's not um, bringing any return on the investment that we're giving in it, then why are we giving it? That's right. And then you neglect quality uh, things and situations because you've given it away in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And then the seventh thing is to stop being a garbage dump. Oh. Stop allowing people to dump on you, gossip, slander, bring negativity at your doorstep, and just fill your your barrel with dump. you got to stop that. You will never be able to be extraordinary when we lay down. Mm. And so I wanted to hit on those seven points because there's there's some behavior changes and modifications that's necessary to go from living an ordinary life to living extraordinarily. And many of us say we want to live extraordinarily, but the question becomes, are you willing to do what is necessary to live that way? You can't be lazy and be extraordinary. Does that um, make sister, sense? Uh, Atia, you spoke on those seven points, and I would tell you that three of these points I hit on earlier today in a conversation with with a, with a friend. And wow. And the last one is so impactful when you talk about the toxic waste. When somebody yes. calls you, and you know what, when it, it it could be the point that you wake up in the morning and you do your meditations, you do your prayers, or whatever you do to tune yourself up for the day, and then you're you're energized, you're ready, you you sit at your desk, you put your to do list together, you're knocking you're knocking yes. off your points, you know, and you're in the groove, you're in motion, and yes. the phone will ring, and somebody will be like, "Girl, did you hear?" <laughs> yeah, and then by the time you get off that phone. You have no more energy to even look at your to-do list. And your day yes. is done. Your energy is stopped. Your motion is stifled. 
And those are psychic attacks. And while it may not, right, it may not have been an intentional thing, but it's it's our ability to to say, no, this is not a good time for me. Yes. Yes. Sisters, can you hear me? This is Brother James. Yes. Sister Taya, you are definitely a gift. If the listening audience is examining your spirit and the words that you are conveying to all of us, we should recognize what God has put in deposit in you because you are simply extraordinary. You know, sister, we are naturally, in our natural state, extraordinary beings. We are the greatest of all of God's creation. But yeah. we have been made from Superman to man, meaning we yeah. have been brung back. <laughs> yeah. You, you hear what I'm saying? And yeah. now now we're, we're going to have to go through a process. Yeah. Step by step to get back to our original mind and our original ways of doing great and wonderful things. So yeah. when I listen to you, I mean, I wanted to comment on the first step and the first process, the fifth process when you were talking about um, the benefit factor that I call it in every relationship. There yeah. has to be a mutual benefit for those to come together. And understand the core of your um, teaching is about the creative process basically yeah. is waking up that creative mind again. Yeah. And the one thing when we talk about uh, talking our thought out, well sometimes our second self which is our spouse Yes. Is that listening one? It's the sounding board to make yes. sure that we are moving in the right direction. Yeah. You know, and then when we confer with one another, we see that it it it, it expands our yes. vision. It yes. gives us more purpose. Yeah. For what we're doing, and then yes. with that, you can feel the energy. You can feel the vibe. You know that you're about to make something happen. Yeah. See, and we've been a people who have not done anything lately, you know, mm-hmm. and we need to feel like each and every one of us have something, a calling. Right. Each one of us have to understand that we're needed. Yes. Not just yes. wanted, but we are needed so yes. that we can give our families, our communities, this world, something that they're lacking in this world is lacking. Yes. And the greatest force is love. So I just want to say to you, you continue on with this. We were 100% behind you. When we first <laughs> seen you out there on the Internet, I said, well, we're going to have to call this sister and bring her on the Keys 107 <laughs> and make that connection because yes. she is speaking our language. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank so you. So I don't come on. Sister, you are so, so welcome. You know, and we thank the, the almighty creator, the originator of the heavens and the earth for you. I don't come on the line too often because sometimes Rafika doesn't know how to find the off switch. <laughs> but <laughs> but I just funny. wanted to show my appreciation and just know that um, we know that you are here for a purpose and your purpose is to wake us up and to make us more productive uh, human beings, make us much happier human beings, help us find that road to that pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. yeah. love, peace, and happiness. You know, Absolutely. that is what... The foundation of our show is about, 
And so you reflect it perfectly. So we thank you for your presence and the gifts that you're giving us today and from last week and maybe forevermore. (laughs) Thank you so much, Brother James. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Very inspiring. You know, what's interesting, uh, Rafika, is that um, it's impossible to live extraordinarily and have a mind that is bound. Because when you are free, you're able to act at will without being under compulsion or restraint to do so. And being free is to be without obstruction or impediment. And and the thing is, what a lot of people really, really don't know about free, when you go to the etymological root of the word and you really research the word from a different perspective, it means joyful, beloved, noble, friend. But more importantly, free means love. Mm. And so... When a lot of people, they're able, when, when you have someone on a job that's like, man, I'm not happy, I just need to be free, I need, that's all they're saying. I want to be happy. And right now what I'm doing is not allowing me to be able to be um, the fullness of who I really am. And, you know, for me personally, no amount of money has been able to bound me to something that I just can't be free with. And so, you know, we talked about last week is taking courage. You that that's that's one of the main ingredients that's needed. That's that's one of the main ingredients that that's needed in terms of going from ordinary to extraordinary. Well, Atia, I'm going to give out the call in number two one three nine four three That's 213-943-3618, and we're going to jump to a quick commercial break, give our listeners time to um, maybe sharpen that pencil point that they just wore out, (laughs) taking notes from you. So uh, hang on. We'll be right back. Okay. Okay. On Blog Talk Radio was brought to you by The Fluffs Present the Alphabet, now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. portion of the keys was brought to you by Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, for the best consultants and services around. Make sure you find us on the web, RCS, LLC. This portion of the keys was brought to us by Moon107.com. 
Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and a gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com. audience know that one of our sponsors, the Fluff to Present the Alphabet is an ABC book, A Journey to Learning Your ABCs for Pre-Readers, is now available on Kindle for $9.99. And uh, we're here with Atia. Uh, she's coming to us live all the way from the beautiful Spice Island of Grenada. And um, she got her Skype together today, and we're very happy about that. Um, yes. <laughs> my, yes, my, my co-host, Brother James, is in the house today. Um, and my Skype. And he used his Skype, too, and sounding very quite storm tonight. Um, that's right. That's the mic. That's the mic, yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, James and um, Atia, one of the things that, that, that I was thinking about during our commercial break is uh, you talked about that um, stop perpetrating a fraud. Stop acting like you're somebody other than you are. And you also yeah. talked about stop worrying about what other people think both of those times together because when you're worrying about what people think about you that helps you put that mask on that cloak of being something other than who you are yes yes wow it's amazing um one of the things i don't know how much time do we have um we have about another hour if you want it (laughs) oh well not necessarily it it doesn't take me long to say what i need to say i just yeah, we was. wanted to make no. We wanted to make sure today that that you were not cut off. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, one of the things I wanted to bring back up is um, tying to Harriet Tubman again. And one of the things that I wanted to say is, you know, first of all, we live in a multi-dimensional universe, and behind every physical reality is a spiritual reality, and there are many layers and meanings to a lot of different things. But the point that I want to make is, while Harriet Tubman may have used the physical, quote-unquote, North Star, which is called Polaris, to guide herself and others to freedom, what is more significant is that she used her ability to think, problem-solve, the knowledge of herself, and the love for herself and her people to influence her movement. So, 
it was her destiny and her birthright to be free. Mm. And she she would not stop until she was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it starts from a thought. Mm. Wow. Sister Atia, um, I want to ask you, if you will go to, we have a uh, person online who wants to ask a question okay. and pretty much in the same line, and he's been holding for some time. And I'm going to bring him in right now. Brother Hafiz, uh, your mic is now live. You can ask your question. Thank you, Brother James. Um, Sister Atia, i got to tell you, the first time that I heard your name mentioned, I saw a link on Facebook, and it was that chit-chat with Atia, the, the, yeah. the show you did. My God, you know, like the energy you put out in that show really got, you know, I was feeling really good after I watched the show. I was thinking about it the whole day. I saw that, you know, you went and changed your brand up, and now you're promoting this, the marriage tree. I was really happy to see you pop up on the radio. Um, one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm actually rebroadcasting this stream over a, a Hang With application on iPhone, and there's a whole bunch of people around the world listening to it through the, the rebroadcast. A lot of them are focused in the south side of Chicago, and there's a, there's quite a few young women on watching you. I mean, from what I can tell, it looks like you know the age groups like maybe 17, 18, all the way up to in their in their in their early 30s. And okay. if you wanted to take a, take a second, maybe you could speak to them because you know you would you definitely fit in the category of a role model, no doubt. And you're speaking to people from the south side of Chicago, and maybe if there's some girls out there that have a little bit of hesitation or fear about moving in the directions that you're moving towards, maybe you can give them a little push, a gentle push in the right direction because they're right here listening to you right now. Okay. One of the things, thank you so much, Brother Kapisa. I really appreciate that. And one of the first things I'm, I'm, I will say to that group of, of women who are listening is, first of all, don't be afraid to be celibate and to to stay chaste and be abstinent. Because when you're moving to change your life and not falling into the pressures that may surround you and your environment, the first thing is to, to work on is to keeping yourself so that by keeping yourself physically and not engaging in premarital sex, it leaves room for you to be able to be more creative in terms of your expression because it takes away the dynamic of, or, or the emotional uh, baggage that can come along with uh, having those type of relationships outside of the context of marriage. Um, some people may feel that that's old-fashioned. I cannot necessarily say that I always follow that course Myself growing up, um, I did wait until uh, I was in my uh, 20s. Now, I will say this. Having been married before and having now been remarried, and this time I abstained until I got married. And the quality of the man who I attracted and who surfaced in my life it's phenomenal. And he was willing to make the commitment and wait and know that the cookie was going to stay inside the cookie jar until marriage. And so the the other activities that we engaged in, he gave me a check 
up from the neck up. And so the first way to be able to to take back your life and to maintain and keep your power and to have some measure of control in your own life and the creative direction in which you choose to take it by God's permission is to first of all close down that aspect of your life. I know at such a tender age, you're in your late teens and even coming into your early adult life, that may sometimes be a difficulty factor. However, I, I don't know if many of you are actually aware of this, but those are things that can be maintained through your diet, through what you watch, through what you listen to. So when you guard yourself spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally, those things help you to be able to block all of those suggestive uh, things that are out there to get you thinking about sex. And once you're able to put that aspect in your life in check, then you can go to the other aspect of, I want to take my body and use it only as a temple. So my body now becomes my temple, and I'm going to take responsibility and be accountable of what I allow to come into my body. And you'll begin to learn that your creative energy and that creative power that you're able to project is so profound. And the ideas that's running through your mind and, and all of the things that you're coming up with, they'll become more easier and easier as time goes by. And then another thing is to surround yourself with people of like mind. If you are running around people who are engaged in activity that is in contrary to the type of activity you are wanting to engage in and is going in the opposite direction of the direction that you are seeking to go, then you need to change your association. And sometimes this is hard to do, but it's necessary when you want to make positive changes in your life. Because if you struggle with drug use or abuse, Naturally, a drug user or abuser who wants to become clean, they have to get out of the environment that is permeated with drug and drug abuse. If you are uh, keeping time with young girls or young boys or young men or young women who what they're engaging in and their activity is not conducive to the things that you want to do, you have to change your associations. And it takes focus to do that. It takes courage. It takes strength. Um, it, it also maybe takes you finding different organizations that um, have more of the type of activities that you are looking to engage in. I know one good organization would be Toastmasters. I'm sure they have a Toastmasters in Chicago, all over Chicago. And Toastmasters is an organization that helps uh, to develop leadership potential and speaking ability and potential. But it's a positive organization where you meet people from all walks of life, professional and otherwise, who are looking to do something more with their lives. Then you have other programs, of course, that are out there. I'm sure there's many in Chicago, but I can't think of them off the top of my hand. But really finding programs that will help provide the basis of support. 
Another thing for young people, it is really, really good to connect yourself with a seasoned person, someone who's much older, maybe a grandmother or grandfather or a grandmother, grandfather figure who is successful in their lives and who are living productive lives and are productive members of society. A lot of these people are willing to give back and to really help to close that generation gap so that the whole generation that society in general has said is Generation X or hopeless, they're not hopeless. They're, you're never hopeless. And I don't ever want you to think that you're hopeless. And if you know any of the story in terms of, of Harriet Tubman, many would have thought that her situation was hopeless. She was in bondage. She was a, a second-generation slave. But she had a destiny, and it was her destiny as it is yours to be free. It's your birthright to be able to be free and to be able to be creative, to be productive, to be the future scientists, doctors, lawyers, whatever it is your heart's desire is, you have the power to manifest that in your life. Is it an easy thing to do? No. It takes commitment. It takes work. There's no easy way out. There's no instant pill you can take. You have to just take the time and go through the process to, to put in the time and the work necessary to make it happen for you. And you can do it. So I just want to say that. You know, Atia, it's interesting that Hafiz would bring up this conversation for young people when all of the um, behavior modifications, the seven, um, that seven um, what did you call them, the seven? The seven, what I call them, uh, how it's the break of ordinary operation and move into living extraordinarily. And they're like seven uh, breaks. Right. Like those, those, right, those seven breaks. Um, all pertain to people of all ages, and especially young people. When you said, um, "Stop perpetrating a fraud," you know, stop, stop pretending to be somebody that you are not just to impress or to get so-called friends. You know, right, right, yeah. You, you know, uh, Tia, I want to add a little something as well because you touched on sort of the mentorship that older uh, adults can share with their. Uh, uh, with their nieces, their nephews, their their sons and yeah. daughters. But I, I reflect back to the fact that there's a character in the Bible whose name is Zachariah. Mm -hmm. And Zachariah was a noble man. Yeah. And in his history, his thing that he is best known for is for providing a wholesome and nourishing environment yeah. so that the mother of Jesus, Mary, yes, yes. could be developed. Yes. And his whole purpose was to ensure that that vessel was pure Absolutely. and whole. And Absolutely. so we can steal a page out of that book as we look at Harriet Tubman and what she represented. Let's look at how Zachariah represented someone who was safeguarding the future. He was yes. changing the future by dealing one-on-one -on -one with one person and giving them a wholesome environment and giving Absolutely. them some teachings so they can be productive. And what did she produce? A great or the greatest example for men and women and faith manifested in the flesh born yes. with the name Jesus, that God is present with us. Yes. And so we, we have to look at that. We have to uh, start taking these teachings and using them 
so that our young people, they're never too young. You know, you might say uh, eight years old is is too young, but they're having sex at eight years old. Absolutely, yes. So we may need to begin to whisper this in their ears right after they uh, are conceived and talk this type of talk to them. Yes. That's a very, 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 very valid point. Uh, Brother James, and a lot of people don't realize, I know my sister, she has her master's degree in education administration. That's not necessarily what makes her qualified, but the point that I want to make about her, I I wanted to say this and give her quote-unquote qualification, because what makes her qualified is her common sense and ability to communicate with her daughter and always have been able to communicate effectively with her daughter and have the tough conversations that many parents don't know how to take or many parents run away from. My sister would allow her daughter, she will sit down and she will allow her daughter to watch a range of television programs that many parents would say, I do not want to expose my child to this. However, she will allow her daughter to watch this, and then they will have discussions on that. And my own daughter, who has a son, I mean, it was I, I, it was funny when she was sharing it, but when I actually had to think about it, I saw the, the value in that method. It was not necessarily a method that I, approach I would have taken, but I can see how it works for him. With her little boy, she put on the table every curse word that she could think of. And she she said them so her son can hear him, hear her say that. And then she explained to him all of these words are bad words, they're not good words, and this is the reason why they're bad words and not good to you. And so while some would question the method, the method works for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know... When I was witnessing her take that approach, you know, it was a little humorous because he was real young. But, you know, children pick up on all the bad things a lot of times that, that happens. And, you know, when they're little, it, it some people think it's funny, but they grow up. And when you carry those behaviors into adult life, it's something. So to, so to have a guidance from a mentor or someone who is a father figure, mother figure, grandfather figure, grandfather figure, is very, very much needed, particularly in the black community, because of the gaps that exist within our community. So that's a very valid point. Um, Atia, in in beginning to wrap up this um, conversation for today, um, I wanted to look back at that sixth point you made on uh the breaks, where you said stop giving quality time to casual relationships, and this ties into exactly what you were uh, talking to the young people about um, in, ab- in abstinence and holding out. Um, if, if you have too many casual relationships taking up your time, then how do you move forward? Right. That's a very valid point. You can't because you get bogged down with stuff that's not important. And you know, sex, it, outside of the context of a committed relationship, is a drag. Mm-hmm. And even when you realize how much of a drag it is, even older people who've been married, divorced, or what have you, won't engage in it as well. 
I mean, when I remarried, I I was 44 years of age, and mm-hmm. I was I abstained, and I was determined that I wasn't letting the cookie out of the cookie jar until the man put a ring on my finger, and I just wanted better for my life. And the, the the previous choice that I made wasn't necessarily the best choice to have the longevity that I wanted. And so I had to make a better choice. And what you find is that you have to be emotionally prepared to take on that kind of relationship. And most times at 17, 18, 25, or what have you, you're not necessarily emotionally ready to take on that uh, type of relationship, particularly That's right. when you're, it's the absence of a, of a commitment, of marriage. That's right. And so a lot, I will stand on the fact and not switch or hesitate that a lot of the issues that's happening in the world is a result of premarital sex. Well, Atia, what you're saying about that is that, first of all, young people and even some older people are not always equipped and ready to handle the emotional component that goes into the physical act of sex of intercourse. You know, there are many, many layers, and I'll sum it up like this. My mom used to say to me, men are exterior and women are interior. Yes. And you can take it from there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's right on point. And that's physically and otherwise. And another thing is men tend to lean more towards quantity while women deal with quality. That doesn't mean that men does, doesn't look for the quality in a thing. It simply means that we're more driven as women towards quality of a thing and not quantity. And, and that's just... You know, that's just how it is. We're that's sensitive. a very good point. We're sensitive to the subtle. Men oftentimes don't see it until it hits them upside the head. And that's no mm-hmm. disrespect. That's just how it is. Those are the beautiful differences in which we are created that when we synergize in our relationship, it, it establishes a profound connection that can move mountains and make miracles. You know, it's amazing. The last point that I want to, and I think I can go over these points, and this will definitely be on my to-do list in the morning. Um, Stop giving your power away. And I'm going to leave this for all of the entrepreneurs out there, um, all of the people who are embarking in all different types of relationships. Um, You can't. You can't keep giving away things for free. There has to be an understanding of reciprocity, and there has to be a value placed on your talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's something that I've learned from experience. I have truly, truly learned from experience because I am one of those type of people that I will give until it hurts and won't think twice about it because ultimately my desire is to see people happy, productive, and fulfilling their life purpose. However, in me helping men, women, and couples to discover their own truth for a better marriage, I have to put some parameters around the work that I do. So while I may talk to a person on the relationship issue or they may be able to bring their relationship question to the table, um, oftentimes 
they have to pay a small amount for me to be engaged in, in terms of deeply to really give some good, solid uh, solutions for them or alternatives or considerations that they could utilize or try that may help them change their relationship dynamic. Um, if I did not do that, what will happen is I'll find myself so engrossed and engaged in terms of constantly talking to people all day long that there's no type of perimeter around it. I used to do one-on-one -on -one coaching quite a bit, and it got to a point where I could not necessarily continue to do the one-to-one -one coaching because there was not enough hours in the day to do it. So now I move more to a group coaching dynamic where I offer particular workshop seminars or teleconferences that will allow a person to take part and it's group centered. So, well, Atia, that's that this is the perfect time for you to give out your website again and I think our brother James has some closing remarks. Okay. My website is www.themarriagetree.net. And you can also click on my blog within the website, or you can go directly to my blog, which is www.straightforwardtalk.net. And also, Atia, um, James, before you go, Atia, can you just uh, talk about the uh, going from ordinary to extraordinary, volume two, and what the workbook entails? Um, it's not volume two; it's um, edition, the second edition, the workbook. There are five chapters in the book, and each chapter takes you on a journey. There's four parts to each chapter. It has the um, the actual principles that um, are outlined, and then it has a story or what I call a moderation at the end of each chapter that kind of walks you through maybe like a, a monologue type of situation where you can kind of place your mind into a particular personality to kind of help help you to understand it from another perspective. Then there are the uh, life lessons that's learned from the thoughts that were shared, and then there's the words of wisdom. And then in the second edition, I added the component to it of the workbook, which, has, which is a coaching uh, program which you actually go through a, the workbook at the end of each chapter and, and go through a self-examination to help you dig deep and pull out things that maybe you have not considered. Most people can tell you, well, I like the color blue or purple or red, but a lot of people can't tell you why they like the color. What is it profoundly uh, significant about the color and why they like it? And what this workbook does is it doesn't just help you to scratch the surface. It helps you to go to the root of what it is you are thinking, doing, or what have you. And so the workbook is, is, is extremely a valuable tool to be able to use. And the different people who have actually taken themselves through the workbook, there's one in particular I'll mention out of New York. Her name is Sharon. I'll say her first name. She... um. I met her mother here in Grenada, and she lived in New York. She um, ended up purchasing my book. She read it. She went through the workbook, and she she uh, called me, and she was so just blessed because the dream that she has always had and the things that she wanted to do but allowed fear and other things to stop her, she actually started doing it. 
So now she is manifesting what she had always wanted to do, and she realized that she has the power to do it, and she just read my book and went through the process. And she's changed her life. Mm. So I would encourage anyone to definitely get the book. It's only $5.95 American dollars to download it and to go through the process. And even if you didn't read the book in its fullness, the workbook, even if you went through the workbook, it'll profoundly change your life. Mm. And I think that goes with the acronym MOVE, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, I've I've enjoyed you so much, uh, Sister Tia, and and I just as I said in in part one and in, in our our previous talks two part one show, you are welcome to come on to Keys one oh seven, and I and I think uh, other hosts may want you to come on their shows, and you just you just have a home here with us. Thank you, James, so you much. there? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yes, I am, Sister Tia. And to the listening audience, and specifically to the listening audience, what we witnessed tonight um, and in our previous conversation with Sister Atia is her freely giving a gift to each and every one of us. And know it or not, it's really trying to empower you to be the best that you can be. Now, that is pure, unadulterated love. So we're asking everyone to take the opportunity to um, tune in to any time you see that she's coming on air, tune in. Take the opportunity to go to her website, participate in her uh, her workshops, purchase her a book and her uh, and work on yourself. And she has a quote that she uses in terms of marriage, meaning the strong, um, you know, a strong marriage requires two things: the willingness to do the work. And then actually doing it, she is our gift. Let's value that gift. Get up, and let's get to working on ourselves so that we can be extraordinary. That's all I have to say. And Sister Tia, we love you. And again, I love you back. Thank you. We, we, so the door much. is always open. You're, thank you're, you're, you so much. And thank and, and, you for uh, for allowing us to utilize your gift to open the doors to endless possibilities mm-hmm. for our listening audience. And the pursuit, in the pursuit of love, peace, and love, happiness. peace, and happiness. Yeah. And, and please give the greetings to um, your husband Ingram, and tell him thank you for allowing us to train him on the technology. <laughs> uh, we did a test show with him that was really funny, but I appreciate you. I appreciate him, and I appreciate our sponsors: um, Moon One Hundred Seven dot com, the Flubs present the alphabet. And, of course, our Rafika Consultants and Services for all your technology needs. Thanks to Gramps Morgan for allowing us to use that beautiful song, Dream, and to um, Ernie J. Smith, South African jazz musician. We appreciate you. We appreciate your music. And we're going to take you out today with Dream by Gramps Morgan. Thank you. Spirit fly.
can ask for more. Let's celebrate wherever you
I know that music is sounding good to you. Uh, this is Sister Rafika, just letting you know that if you want to hear some more of that reggae music by Gramps Morgan and his father, Denroy Morgan, tune in tomorrow, Friday, at 6 p.m. for the Gramps Morgan Show, live here on the Keys 107 Network. Go to our website, www.keys107.com, and hit us up. Hit, the, hit that that uh, suggestions and let us know what you want to hear from us. We'll be more than happy to give you what you want as we open the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. Good night. Mm -hmm. That's good music.